What's going on, guys? Welcome to People Playing Games, a podcast all about people who make the world of games awesome. And joining me today is a good friend of mine, someone who I could say I've known since before she was internet famous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is the head illustrator and managing editor at dorkly.com, as well as a frequent guest on the Draw Free Show. Yep. Uh, Julia, can I... Did, I'm so scared to mess up your last name. <laughs> it's fine. It's complicated. It's French. It's uh, Le Petit. Okay. Yeah. I I, w- I would have said Le Petit or Le Petit. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm fair. glad... I'm glad I I'm glad I just let you do it. That's fine. But yeah, how how are things going? It's pretty good, man. It's uh, you know, it's the end of the night and I kind of forgot we were doing this until I like woke up cuz my phone sent me a, a notification. I was like, "Oh, hey, you have to record this thing in half an hour." I was like, "Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is going to be awesome." I'm like nice and rested, you know. That's good. I'm glad I'm glad you took a nap. Oh, this. yeah. And I appreciate that you set a reminder for yourself <laughs> to be on this podcast. Because well, this is the kind of thing that I do. I record so many like things for Drawfee and so many things for Dorkly, where if I don't set reminders for myself, I will just sleep through things. It happens. It's a frequent occurrence. Yeah. I, I tend to I tend to set every little thing on my schedule as a calendar reminder. Oh yeah. Like oh. just remembering to like buy milk yeah. or <laughs> you know, walk the dog. Because I will forget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for so for the people listening that might not be familiar with you, what's kind of a brief overview of what you do? Oh man, what don't I do? Um, so <laughs> I, uh, man, I've known you since uh, college time. Yeah, uh, it's been about a decade. Yeah. Oh God, don't That's, tell yeah, me that. We're old. Don't tell it's me that, man. Um, so I've been working at Dorkley for I started in 2010, so it's been seven years now. Um. I started as a freelancer who then got shifted in as an intern, and then uh, a bunch of stuff happened with the Dorkly, um, and there was a period of time where I was working on there by myself, uh, which was really weird, and then they brought on um, the uh, ever-wonderful uh, Andrew Bridgman on, who's like an, just a... You know, they brought him on as a as an amazing as a blah, 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 as an amazing writer, but he turned out to be good at pretty much everything. So now yeah. he's uh, editor in chief at College Humor. Um, and then yeah, our site has like kind of blown up since then. And then we started taking on uh, Drawfee, which Caldwell Tanner and Nathan Yaffe started, and it's kind of grown into its own beast. And it's kind of the the best adventure anyone could ask for. Awesome, yeah. We so we were definitely gonna dig in into the nitty gritty of all that. Uh, but first, I want to briefly get a bit of your gaming history. Our first segment here is called First Favorite Worst. Okay. Uh, so so I want to know the first game you've played, uh, your favorite game of all time, and the worst game you have ever played. Oh my god! Could you start this podcast out with harder questions? Good lord, Mike. I can try. God, no, I don't think you can. I think you've hit it. <laughs> um, okay. First game I ever played. Um, man, that would... I can't remember exactly which one. It was either uh, very specifically, like... Uh, no. It was either Legend of Zelda or, like, Mario Brothers 3. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mar, you know the the original first Legend of Zelda. That's probably the first one I ever played. And uh, any NES era stuff. Yeah, NES era stuff. Um, my uncle, when I was growing up, uh, lived with us, and he was like the cool, very young uncle because my family's uh very super young. So when I was born, he was, I think he was twenty four when I was born, twenty four, twenty five. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had like the NES and the Sega and stuff, and we kind of just played whatever he had um so it'd have to be one of those what was the next one your favorite of all time oh god that's always that's always the tough one it's always the one that gets people yeah um it's hard because you have to choose between like what you think is the best made game or what game you've enjoyed the most and like what game has stuck with you the most um I played a lot of Ocarina of Time growing up. Um, that was like my obsession. I have a 
you know, I have a Triforce tattoo now and it's like this big marker of my life, but it's like in no way the best game I've ever played. Right. But it would have to be that or like Shadow of the Colossus. Both good answers. I I had I had an inkling that Zelda would somehow be involved. Ooh, you just based just based on some of your some of your work. Um, I had a slight feeling that Zelda would be in the running. I mean, but that's that's a solid two right there. Yeah, Zelda will always have a a warm place in my heart, especially now that you know Breath of the Wild is out and it's phenomenal. It's like fresh on my mind. So yeah, and um, what was that last one? Was it the worst? Worst, yeah, worst. Worst game, very easily, has to be this game called Magna Carta. Have you ever heard of it? I feel like I have, but I don't think I've played it. So, uh, I'm just looking it up. Go for it. Because it was a game where... Oh, no, not the Magna Carta. Um, I forgot to put in video game after that. So, Magna Carta was a game that came out in 2004. It was for the PS2. It was... um, it was a JRPG. Oh, no, it wasn't a JRPG. I think it was from South Korea. Um, it had, like, a beautiful cover art kind of thing going on. And, man, I got suckered in by good covers. I mean, I guess we all do. That's why right. they put so much effort into the covers. And you are an artist. So. Yeah, and I am an artist, so uh, I'm very easily uh, wrangled in. And it just... I I think I played the whole thing. I think I played the whole thing hoping that it would get better at some point, but it doesn't. <laughs> it just it just like the voice acting's bad, the story is bad. I like I can't even remember what goes on in the game. I just blocked it from my mind. I just remember every time that I started to play it, I was like, why am I going back into this? Why why am I doing this why, to myself? Yeah, I could be playing so many other like great games that are out right now, but no, instead I'm playing this horribly voice acted game with a storyline that makes zero sense with character designs that are just the dumbest. I think we've all done that to ourselves at least once. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With 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 one or two bad games. So, you know, most obviously people know you as an illustrator, as an artist. What got you into art in the first place? Um, hmm. I, that's a good question. My grandmother, uh, is a, um, in her free time, she's a abstract artist. She has a lot of abstract paintings and my mother draws very vaguely. Like she loves to do little, you know, cartoon people and draw very cute things. And, um, when I was born, I was born deaf. So I hung out with, um, Mostly, you know, because I didn't know any other deaf kids or and I didn't know sign language, so it's not like I communicated right. anyway. So um, for many years of my life, I kind of just like hung out with my brother uh, and, you know, my, my parents. And, uh, I, you know, I had a, a few handful of friends, but it's it's hard to communicate with those friends when they're, you know, hearing. Um, and I would doodle with my mom and I would like doodle with my grandma and then I played video games with my brother and then you know my uncle would have the boxes that had the manuals in it that had all like you know the cool art in it and you basically got all of your story from you know the book manuals at that time right so I would you know flip through those and like get so suckered in and just I was so into it and then I would connect it with these video games I was playing and I didn't have to here to understand you know like television at the time didn't have closed captionings or anything not really so i would mostly play these you know video games knowing these stories having read them on this thing and it was like this whole like super rad experience so you know obviously your your passion for art uh, grew grew largely out of gaming when did you decide that illustrating and, and drawing was something you wanted to do professionally um, I spent a lot of uh, time in high school, you know, doing that high school panic of like, oh, God, oh, no, I have to pick a major for next year or in the next couple of years uh, for college. And um, I had a plan uh, for most of my life to go 
either into uh, the military or to become a veterinarian. Because uh, I come from a family of uh, military folk. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, kind of wanted to keep that up and go into that myself. But, um, uh, you know, my my mindset kind of changed as high school went on, um, as you do when you're a teenager. Uh, don't settle on one thing and just flip flop around forever. And um, I had like very long conversations with professor uh, with teachers and some friends of mine and like. I kind of decided that I wanted to see how far I could get in art, you know, as like a personal challenge. Cause people kept saying like, you know, y- you can't get a profession in art anymore. Like you're going to be working at a Starbucks and writing people's names incorrectly on a cup or whatever. And mm. I, I kind of, you know, again, as a teenager, you're kind of just like, well, no, I will prove you wrong. I will prove you wrong. Uh, so I, um, and, and it's a great, you know, attitude to base the rest of your life on. But, um, I, you know, I, I had worked hard at it my whole life as like this hobby. And then suddenly I was like, oh, you know what? I could like do all these things that I love and, and do it all together. Like I could, you know, draw like for video games potentially or, or just, you know, do freelance art or something and I didn't really have a plan but I knew I, I like started getting I started to get the inkling that like I should go into art so I went to um I went to apply to a bunch of cheaper art schools so I wouldn't be in debt for the rest of my life just in case those people That's were right usually usually yeah. smart <laughs> yeah you know. so um yeah so I I kind of just jumped in and Gave it my all. Awesome. And how did that lead to, I mean, you touch a, touched on it a bit in the intro, but how did that lead to you working for Dorkly? Um, I, uh, in my senior year of college, I um, was sitting around with a friend of mine and he noticed, you know, he was a fan of Dorkly and I didn't really uh, go to too many websites at that time like I wasn't really looking for a job it was kind of like you know one thing at a time like I would do college and then I would you know take a break and then I would work and as if things work out like that you know of course so so it all goes according to plan oh yeah you can follow that formula every time (laughs) so my friend noticed that um this site called Dorkly had um openings for an internship I was like Heck yeah. Why not? Like, it's everything I like. It's it's drawing stuff about video games. It's it does a a wide range of doing different kind of art things like, uh, you know, comics and posters and infographics. And, you know, it's just like this across the board kind of hodgepodge of artistic skills that I could like kind of flex a little bit in. So I applied to it and I got I got an interview um, the next day after I applied and then they accepted me the day after, which wow. is just like a crazy, like short amount of time. Yeah. It's, it's a quick process. I went from being like, no, I'll have all this free time to, Oh God. Oh no. Um, <laughs> what, what have I gotten myself? What into? have I done? When will I do this? And then my school, uh, would not allow me to do the internship because you know all the usual college bs that happens um where you know they basically want more money but um the people at dorkly at the time it was uh brian murphy who does you know college humor originals now and he he's done um an mtv show i think it was called the middle of the night show i think it was called um and he does uh Another series that a channel just picked up, he was the uh, editor-in-chief of Dorkly, and he was kind of just like, well, if you can't be an intern, how about you freelance? And then once you're out of college, we'll take you as an intern then. And I was like, I could not believe my luck. Like, what company does that for someone? Right. You know? So, yeah, I got incredibly lucky that some incredible people were working there and were willing to 
um, hold position kind of for me. It was very, it was very, very cool. I mean, you know, I would come back from college. I would, uh, I had classes at that time from eight in the morning until nine fifteen at night, just straight classes every day for like five days a week. And then I would go home and do darkly freelance work. But that's all. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Well, if it gave me a job afterwards, I was like, I'm going to do it. And so that was then flash forward to now you're the head illustrator and the managing editor. So how did that transition happen? Oh, oh, Lordy. Um, <laughs> it was an adventure. Like it, it's kind of spoken about in, in whispers and, and myths and fairy tales now at, at work. Cause I've just been like through the ringer. I was, um, you know, I, I was a freelancer and then they took me on as an intern, uh, once I graduated college and then Brian Murphy and the rest of the Dorkley crew got shifted over to College Humor. Um, and I was by myself. And then, you know, we had hired uh, Andrew Bridgman, as I mentioned before. And so we were a team of two for the longest time. And he, like, really wanted to keep me because we were a team of two. And the site didn't really want to let me go because I already knew the site and I had experience with it for as long as I did. So they, uh, they, they kind of just kept like, oh, you're still an intern, but you get paid a little bit better now. Like, please don't leave. Um, so I went from like freelancer to intern to super intern to, uh, official staff illustrator, which was phenomenal, um, to, um, uh, then we, we got a team of three cause we hired someone to handle our social media who is now still with us. He doesn't do social media, but he still works on the site. And then we, we, you know, we kept hiring more and more people. And then the editor in chief at, um, college humor, uh, moved on to a different job. So they took Andrew to be the editor in chief at college humor, which meant that that position was empty. So I took it over as a uh, managing editor because I'd been there for so long and because I had the most experience on the site and I knew, you know, how things worked and, you know, I'd been there every day for like four years already. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And then we just kept hiring more staff and then, you know, I went from being managing editor to we had to hire another illustrator because now my time was being divided. And uh, we have the wonderful uh, Justin Hall, who's uh, one of our illustrators. So we had to have like a head illustrator position. So then I just got two titles. Hey, why not? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it sounds like some huge accolade, except I feel like I've stumbled into just like, uh, you're this now, uh, this too. That's the way it happens sometimes. Sometimes you fall into things. Yeah, I you know, I'm starting to realize that that's how like most jobs work. You know, yeah. it's kind of just like, uh, someone shifted out. We're going to shift you in. Like, okay. Yeah. Something burned down. Everybody quit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone things, quit. You're by yourself. Things happen. So with that said, uh, what's, what's a typical day at Dorkley for you these days? Uh, well now, since my time is my, my, my time at Dorkley is, um, a fun circus of me literally running around uh between Dorkley and Drothy because we're all, you know, on the same floor of the building. So I'll, you know, come in in the day and do some managing stuff for the site. Like I'll schedule things or I'll look over some people's work and I'll approve things and blah, blah. And then I have to write a script for a comic. So then I'll, I'll usually write a script and then I'll send that out to Andrew, who still likes to read um, our scripts. Cause I feel like he loves to write. So we try to keep him involved in that. Cause it makes him happy. Uh, also he's like <laughs> phenomenal writer. So, um, so I'll write a script and then I'll start drawing it. And then, you know, Caldwell or Nathan will call me and be like, Hey, we're going to do this trophy episode. Do you want to be involved? And I always say yes, because it's, uh, just great. It has a great community. It's, um, it's just so much fun. The boys are hilarious. So, um, it's, 
<laughs> I'll, I'll run over there and then I'll run back and I'll have, you know, some kind of management meeting or, or social media meeting or, you know, listening to whatever notes were being given from the higher ups and trying to work that into something workable and then um, trying to go back and finishing a comic. Like it's, it's, it's me just like juggling and struggling to get everywhere I need to be. It sounds like a extremely hectic fun. Oh yeah. It's, if, if it's hectic fun. Oh yeah. It absolutely is. I love, you know, almost all aspects of my job. There's, stuff with being a boss that I don't love uh, because, you know, we're, we're Dorkley is still a pretty small site. We have, I think we have six people working for us, six or seven. Uh, I like that. I don't know that number off the top of my head and I'm in charge, but um, <laughs> we have uh, like six. Or it's, seven. Some, it's, it's something, something like that. It's less than 10. I don't know. So if, if all the seats are filled, I know everyone's in for the day. So, so <laughs> um, it's, like we're such a small team that we are all friends with one another and um it is really hard to kind of like tell your friend like hey can you stop doing this thing or can you please do this other thing you know and there there is this weird line of like i am friends with all of the you know staff members at Dorkley but it's it it is a, a fine line to tread when you also have to be their boss yes you know some something i could certainly relate to yeah it's like i have to be the messenger of between you know what the ceos who are like really great and fantastic but they don't always know what we do right um which is sometimes good sometimes not um so they'll like give me notes and i'm like that doesn't make any sense but you know I'm going to try to make this workable for the team. And then the, you know, some people on my team aren't going to be happy and that's perfectly understandable, but I have to be like, listen, that's kind of how this works. And then I have to be a boss and, um, which always kind of makes me feel like I'm being a jerk, but it's, I think a fault of mine where I, where I'm kind of just like, no, we're all friends still. I, I, I am so right there with you. I, I, I tend to get so guilty and anxious for literally just asking people to do their job. Yeah. Like, exactly. oh, can you, turn, can you turn this in by two? I'm, I'm so sorry, but I'm so sorry. Can you please show up? <laughs> I, I will, I will take you out to drink tonight and buy you dinner. And you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's certainly hard, you know, managing people that are your friends. Yeah. And then that whole thing where you said, you're like, Oh, well, like we'll go out to drinks. Like that, that shouldn't be a feeling that either of us have. Like, they're getting paid already. Like yeah. they already have incentive. Oh yeah. But still, it is it is hard. So you uh you set me up for my next question. All right. Uh, I was going to ask about Drawfee and how that how you first got involved with those people and and kind of what that whole experience is like. Oh my god, it's like the best thing ever. Um, it looks like a lot of fun from from what I've watched. Yeah, it's well, Caldwell and Nathan, first of all, are just like the best internet boys they're just so uh nice and genuinely very funny and they're very very talented um but when i started at dorkley the only other artist on the site really other than uh owen parsons kind of uh drew for dorkley but i i think he mostly wanted to write um so it was the only dedicated illustrators were me and, and caldwell and then caldwell hired uh, Nathan Yaffe as a, uh, I think he was an like an assistant illustrator or like another illustrator for College Humor, and since they worked on the same site, you know they they talked more and they got more involved, and then they started, you know, formulating this idea for um, a wonderful YouTube channel, which uh, originally started off as like strictly a Facebook thing, where they would take suggestions from comments on what they should draw. And then since both of them do improv and they do, you know, general comedy, um, you know, Caldwell works for Disney now uh, for their uh, XD series. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they, they just turned the comments into like the funniest things. And then, you know, I was kind of 
I don't know if Caldwell heard me like groaning kind of like Tina from Bob's Burgers, just like slowly <laughs> like leaning into him. Um, or if he just uh, asked me one day if I wanted to join, but he uh, asked me if I wanted to be a guest on one of the episodes and I jumped on that. So um, it's been going, I don't know for how many years, three or four years, maybe. I don't know. But um, so they, they got me in there and then, we kept doing more and more videos and they kept inviting me on. And then they hired uh, another great illustrator named uh, Jacob Andrews, who does uh, for lack of a better comic. And he started guest starring and then, you know, Dorkily started getting involved more and they, uh, they did uh, a video series called Pokemon from memory. Mm, yes, Which, I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, I think it's our most popular video right now, the first Pokemon from memory. We've done a few, yep. um, but they brought me on, and I know nothing about Pokemon. I <laughs> I played... I'm surprised, actually. Really? Well, you, yeah. from your, your history with Nintendo and stuff like that. That's true, yeah. I think, I think what happened, because I, I did play Pokemon Red and Blue, but then it got too yeah. complicated for me, and then there yes. were just other games I was involved with, and then so many games came out, and then I just kind of like, you know, by the time I tried to jump back into it, it was on a black and white, and I just had no idea what was going on whatsoever. Yeah, it was that's just, fair. It was very complicated. So, um, so they were throwing, you know, new gen stuff at me. Um, mm. They gave me Spiel, which, you know, after drawing Spiel, um, it's very literal. It, he is a he is a round seal. Um, but I drew a horrible uh, Nokia selling kiosk man. Oh my god! He he's kind of become like the symbol for Drawfee a little bit. Um, he's definitely a fan favorite. Um, so since that video, because it ended with multiple of us crying. Uh, I was yeah. crying just in laughter. I think some of the boys might have been crying just out of uh, fear uh, of my horrible monster. But I was like crying and we were in this like small unlit room. So we were also like kind of sweaty. And it's just like it was horrible. Like, I, I think I went home and immediately went to bed. But, you know, <laughs> that video blew up. And like, you know, because of that, because that video blew up, they kept asking me to be on like more and more and more. And I kept taking on more responsibilities for Drawfee. Like now I'm um, in charge of Snapchat along with Jacob Andrews. Um, and I also do some of the Instagram stuff and I respond to fans on different kind of you know social media platforms. And, you know, we've done events for New York City Comic Con and uh, Chicago's C2E2. And just the, the community in that is just like fantastic. Our fans for Drawfee are just the nicest kids uh or not even kids they're you know just the nicest people um yeah you know they, they've started a discord chat um first they asked permission to start like a, a drawfy discord which was very that's, funny that's, a, that's adorable yeah it was very it was very sweet um and we've become you know kind of friends with some of these fans i don't want to say like you know straight up fans because we've never we're, we're we're trying not to to cross that line um you know, between uh, like YouTubers and, and their fans, because that gets very weird very fast. Yeah. But we have, you know, there's um, we have a few people on the Drawfee Twitch stream that come in every week. Uh, you know, it's the same suspects. Uh, of course, you know, it's growing every week, but we got the same suspects in there. They're just like the nicest people and they'll send us snaps all the time. And it's always like the sweetest things. Like uh, one of them started a because um, they live on a farm, I think, in like Minnesota or something. So they'll mm -hmm. send us like videos of the sheep on their farm and they'll like name it after stuff that we've done on the on Drawfee or like if we want to name a sheep, he'll just name it the name that we've given it. Like we named mm -hmm. one of his sheep. Uh, we named it uh, Tummy Boy, even though it's a girl. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, one of their sheep uh, was born on my birthday, so they named it Julia, which is very yeah. sweet. Like it, it's the community is very nice, and they're also very good at 
not crossing that line of like, oh, we're friends now. I can just keep messaging you constantly. Right, right. There's a level of respect where yeah, like you know they don't want to invade your guys' privacy. Yeah, it's we we love to be involved with our our fans and and talking to them, but we do have our own lives that we would like to get to, and I don't mean that I don't in like a in a mean way, but you know there's like I'm not you guys you guys yeah. You guys are human beings. Right. Like, I'm not obligated to tell you what I'm eating for dinner. Like, that's... Don't get offended. Right. So. Uh, I'm seeing more and more of that on the internet, and it freaks me out more and more. Like, uh, I was reading an article about Twitch streamers who um, are expected to, like, stream every aspect of their lives, and it is not a good precedent. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, I literally yesterday was just talking to someone from Twitch for an episode, uh, their PR director, actually. And, you know, that's that's something that a lot of streamers choose to do. Like, there's literally a, a social eating channel on Twitch. Yeah. Where you can you can you clearly say that, hey, I'm streaming eating right now. Right. Um, and then there's the whole IRL thing where people are encouraged to just kind of vlog all the time. And, yeah, I mean, it seems like some people just genuinely like doing that. But it's also it's it's also a really scary fine line. For, oh, like, Absolutely. If you're a professional streamer and thinking like, wow, I never have to stop. Should I not stop? It's it's a little little crazy. Yeah, it's it like I'm not against, um, you know, that that culture at all. It's just uh, it, it there there is like I, I don't want that to be my life. And I feel like that could also encourage some like unhealthy behaviors between, cele- you know, not celebrities. I'm not a celebrity, but, you know, like. I mean, I wouldn't sell yourself short. <laughs> well, like, yeah. <laughs> um, between, uh, like, YouTubers or streamers and their fans, like, you know, like. Yeah, it's it's healthy to have have personal space. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna message Julia Roberts and be like, "What are you eating?" <laughs> like some. You know, it's the thought. The thought of that happening is actually really funny. I'd be like, I, I don't, what? I don't know. Pizza. Yeah. It's usually pizza. <laughs> it's probably pizza. Yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah, it's 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 a really that's that's a whole interesting discussion in itself. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly kick things back to Dorfly. Yeah, sorry, to I didn't mean too... to. Uh, no, I I, I wanted this. I want to talk about all of it. Uh, this is this is awesome. Um, uh, I'll try not to keep you too late, but back to the Dorfly front. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I'm not just saying this as your friend. Like I've always been a huge fan of Dorfly. Just the way those comics kind of provide such a great satire of what it's like to be a gamer i was like i was looking at some of your recent stuff especially like the uh, the switch comics thank you of when like you know you're trying to go to bed and the switch is creeping up behind you like oh, oh it's you all have i to think stop playing yeah yeah which i i literally just bought a switch over the weekend so i'm i, I can relate to, to every bit of that oh yeah do you take it out of the dock and just go straight to bed with it you're like oh it's time for bed time for this to come with me I have a few times, and I just, I don't know why, like, when I'm on the subway and I take it out, I just feel so awesome. I'm like, yeah. Man, like, I, there, it's this game I was playing on my TV, it's just in my hands right now, this is great. It's crazy. It's magic. Um, so I just kind of want to know, like, the process of, you know, coming up with, conceptualizing these comics, and do you guys decide as a group, you know, what what things you're going to tackle, or is it just kind of, you know, it's, it's, is it kind of up to the artist? Um, it's kind of up to our, our personal preference. Um, we, you know, we, we definitely, um, make things that we, you know, are, are kind of happening right now, um, or, or things that we're thinking about. Like most of my comics come from, um, like experiences that I had the night before I wrote the comic or something like, you know, the, as we were saying, the, the switch comic where, you know, the switch is following you to bed because I literally was playing Zelda on my monitor and was like, well, time to go to bed. And I just went to bed with the switch in my hand. And I didn't realize until I was in bed and like playing Zelda for another 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh God, no. <laughs> um, so, you know, then I, I like turned around and pulled out my phone and like kind of, you know, scribbled that idea down in some kind of blurb. And then I got into the office and I, you know, typed it out more fully and i sent it to i kind of sent it to three different people just um mostly just because we will get in our own head a lot so like you know i 
one time I wanted to make a comic about some game that I think that only me and like five other people um, would have known. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think it was I think it was a comic about Eternal Darkness, and I like wrote this very long script about it. And my boss wrote back, you know, because we use Google Docs, and he like wrote a comment, and he was like, "What the hell is this game? What are you doing?" He's like, "No one's gonna know what you're talking about." Yeah. So um, I will send it to uh, Andrew Bridgman and uh, Justin Hall, who's our other illustrator, who I, I send it to mostly because he. Uh, will send like really good visual notes that I might not have thought of because I uh, was not very interested in doing comics before I started Dorkly. So mm-hmm. I do have a lot of weaknesses in um, comic writing or or drawing. So he'll send me an occasional note that's like, you should do this and this for that, for, you know, this panel or whatever. And then I'll send it to Tristan Cooper, who's um, one of our writers over at Dorkly. And he has a really good eye for uh, comic pacing. So he will, uh, you know, send me notes. And then uh, if any of them have notes, usually I'll argue with them because I get very precious about my scripts, as everyone does, you know. Oh, of course. You get precious about what you make. So I, um, <laughs> I'll fight them a little bit and I'll usually wind up being like, ah, no, you're right. And then, you know, change my comic a bit and then I'll go straight into drawing. Um or Andrew will write a script and send it to me or uh, Justin to draw if he thinks that one of our styles will fit it better. Um, it, it It's kind of just like, you know, your personal opinion written as a comic. Um, but since I've been on the site for so long, we still need comics that'll do well. You know? Of course. You know, because I can't be, you know, like. Uh, we do a series of uh, Zodiac comics or, you know, Zodiac articles. Like uh, recently we did a um, Harry Potter character as different Zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. And that thing took me like a week to make. So if that, like if Zodiacs didn't do well, I've just wasted a week's worth of time. Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of have a feel for like things that people enjoy because uh, we do want to make things people will like. We're not, you know, we're not making things for companies and we're not making them for anyone else other than our viewers and for ourselves. Um, you know, and I'll definitely have self-indulgent comics that uh, <laughs> the comments will be like, what is happening? Like, what what a specific yeah. moment you've chosen to draw into a comic. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I just needed to get this off my chest. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's the fun of Dorkly Comics. You could definitely tell they're they're rooted in some kind of personal experience. Yeah. Um, something that something some so a uh, little piece of breaking news that I feel like I just have to share with you on air. Uh, apparently Bob Ross is going to be a, a playable character in Smite. What? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm sorry to take the show completely off rails, but I feel I feel like you of all people need to know this. Holy cow! I've never played Smite before, but now I feel like I have to. Right? He's, he, yeah, Bob Ross will be playable in Smite, com- complete with happy trees. Yeah. I think one of his, one of his abilities, oh no, he has actual happy trees. Yeah, I'm looking at help them now. help him in battle. And they have beards. That's great. That's amazing. Wow. How, how would you, how would you rate this Bob Ross from, from an art direction perspective? Uh, Does he look good? He looks a little evil, um, to be honest with you. He has like he looks very he looks very young. He does look very young. He looks a little bit more like his son than he does like him. Mm. But uh, I, he looks very like ethereal. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Well, a whole bunch of people just got a reason to play Smite. Oh um, yeah, me included. It's just like that um, <laughs> Heroes of the Storm thing with the diva skin because I want that oh diva skin. All the Overwatch characters in that game that now I, I want to get super into Heroes of the Storm. I know. That and I have, I, I have, they have, they, yeah, they got us. Their, their plan works. Oh, yeah. It's a good game, too. Of all the MOBAs I've tried, it's the one where it, it actually makes sense. Oh, really? Doesn't, I haven't actually yeah, played it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the most comprehensible and you could like finish a match in less than, an, you know, it won't take an hour to play a match, which is also always nice. Oh, that is nice. That's what I like about Overwatch is that, you know, before we started this podcast, I was like, oh, I have 15 minutes. I'm going to jump into Overwatch and play around. Oh, yeah. It, that's still my, my go-to multiplayer game. Oh, yeah. 
kind of thing. We could we'll do a we'll do a whole separate show <laughs> Overwatch. Save yeah. that save that for the my my Overwatch podcast and I'm, I'm going to start up tomorrow. Yes. Oh man, yeah, we could we could talk about games all day, but this this episode is obviously all about you and to switch gears a bit just for my last few questions, uh I want to know who are the people that inspire you as an artist? Ooh. That's a tough question. I have so many people that uh inspire me. I I love to look back at the classics. Um uh oh my god, now that you've asked me that question, all names have left my head. It, yeah, it's 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 a low it's a loaded question. It's the kind of thing like I literally I I didn't you know, I was trying to fill in gaps in between episodes. So I I did a solo episode the other day mm-hmm. where I kind of turned my, the format of myself and talked about you know what I've done and who inspires me blah blah blah. Right. And by the time I got to this part, I I totally blanked. Even though I could you know I know there are like fifteen twenty different people. Yeah, I like I I have all these like reference books of art that I absolutely love. Um. I recently went to the, um, I think it's called the Leopold Museum in Vienna, uh, and they have a Gustav Klimt uh, exhibit, you know, because he's from there, and it's beautiful, and he's he's one of them. I really like uh, Lion Decker, who did, um, like, uh, 19, I think it was 1930s, 1940s. He did uh, uh, fashion advertisements. Um I really like Manet because these people always look very, very bored with whatever's going on, and it's very funny to me. Um, <laughs> I also, I also really like. Um, oh my god, I can't remember his name now. He does um, the background art for uh, Studio Ghibli movies. Okay. He he's like a master of uh, just environmental studies. He's phenomenal. He's so good at setting a mood. Um, man, I follow a lot of artists now. Uh, Nico Delort is probably my number one go-to right now. He does this amazing etching work where he just, like, if I did the work that he does, my hands would fall off and I would cry. (laughs) Cause he, uh, he like paints on a clay board and then he scratches away at it and then he goes back and he does more pen and ink stuff, but he's done uh, a bunch of Batman posters and Wonder Woman posters and just all, all of these like phenomenal pen and ink works that just he's like one of those artists where I look at it and then I, I go into the pit of artistic despair where you wonder why you're not them. Yeah. So, yeah, I love uh, Emily Carroll. She does a uh, beautiful, creepy comics. Um, it's weird that I work for a comedy site because I don't naturally lean towards um, like comedic comic like yeah comedic comics at all uh all the stuff that i like is all nitty-gritty creepy moody stuff so um i think i like babs tar she does really nice uh batgirl comics Mm uh she also does uh motocross which is great um man there's a lot of really good artists out there I think I think that's I think those are the big ones. That's a good list. Yeah, it's, it's a solid it's list. Very wide ranging. It goes from like pen and ink to you know no ink whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to kind of flip things around, you know, for the people that follow your work and see your illustrations and, and see your work on Dorkly and you know say I want to be the next Julia, what would you say to those you know, aspiring illustrators? Um, oh man, you asked me this on a day where I had to get my hand checked out and the doctor told me to stop drawing so much. Um, oh God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) I, I would recommend, um, you know, constantly drawing from life. I think you, you kind of assume that if you're good at drawing, you know, cartoony people, you can be good at you know, whatever, you'll be good forever, no matter what you decide to draw. But that's, you know, you you discover, especially once you're out of college, that that's not true. You have to, you kind of have to know the rules to know how to break them. So you have to learn the basics, be very, have very strong foundation. And then, you know, once you have that foundation laid out, then you can have at it. Um, 
So, uh, and also, you don't have to go to the most uh, expensive art school if you do decide to go to like an art college. Like I went to FIT and uh, I think it cost me $12,000 for four years. Mm-hmm. Not including like art supplies and stuff. And I also didn't dorm, I commuted. So I was lucky in that way. But, um, you know, that was versus uh, other art schools, which I had like scholarships for, which were still like $45,000 a semester. Um, yeah. Which just, it's, it's painful, man. And college is brutal. Yeah. And financially, and uh, <laughs> among other ways. Yeah. And I feel like not having those student loans to hang over your head, you can experiment more with your art because you're not, you know, so worried about paying your your loans or your bills or you know for this and that you you have a little bit more wiggle room to play around so uh yeah study from life uh always look at art and uh be nice to yourself (laughs) artists have a you know artists and writers and and creative people have this uh amazing ability to just look at what other people are doing and take that Mm -hmm. as like a i'm not good enough Yep. And that's not um that's not fair to you. Um but it, like I say this all the time to Drawfee fans cuz I I also do a Twitch stream on Sunday at the 2 where I'll I'll take their art and I'll, you know, give notes on it and I'll I'll try to help them improve as best as I can. And they always you know, some of them will do this thing where they're like, "Oh my god, your art's so good. I don't want to submit anything." Like that's not fair to you. Like, we all were bad at some point. We all think we're still bad. You're always going to think that. That's kind of how art and writing and the creative process works, is that you keep exploring new things, and then you look at your old stuff, and you're like, what the hell was that? Yep. Um, so, you know, keep going. It gets hard. Um, but if you like doing art, then just keep doing it. You know, like... Have fun with it. Don't yeah. don't forget to have fun. Don't get too bogged down in competition and and things like that. It's 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 a it's a very well laid trap. Uh, and take breaks. Uh, says the person who uh, has to take a break for a while from art because uh, of her yeah. hand. Take breaks every once in a while. Well, that all sounds like sound advice. <laughs> don't stop. Stay positive. Don't don't go to the most expensive school if you don't have to. Yeah. Don't stop, but do. Uh, don't stop, but do when you have to. Yeah, like if if your hand starts to hurt, take a break. Look at other people's art. Go like out. Um, if I get stuck, uh, creatively, I'll just like go for a hike or I'll go out with friends for a while. And you know, time, free time is not wasted time because it it's you know recharging your brain with new ideas even if you're not actively thinking of it right so yeah don't stop but do uh don't feel like you have to go to the most you know expensive art school be nice to yourself always be drawing always be drawing always be drawing and and draw stuff that you like every now and again (laughs) yeah it sounds like the right thing to do Mm mm-hmm so, uh, yeah, that about does it for my main questions. Uh, is there Are there any shout-outs you want to give or projects you want to point people to that you've been working on? Man, um, no, if you haven't checked out the Drawfee show already, um, we come out with uh, larger episodes a few times a week. I'm not the one who edits them, so I can't really tell you the schedule. But uh, we come out with a few episodes a week. Um, we do a short uh, daily Drawfee show on Facebook. Uh, where we take suggestions from the Facebook comics and then we make a short unedited draw fee and we put it on Facebook. Um, what else? We're also on Snapchat. We're on Twitch at Sunday at three. I'm on Twitch at Sunday at two, uh, but then I'm usually on the draw fee uh, Twitch afterwards. Um, yeah. Uh, check out Dorkly if you haven't already. It's a, uh, it's fun. We we're trying to have more and more fun with it as we go. Uh, Tony Wilson's definitely been having a lot of fun with uh, the video stuff that we've been doing recently. He tried to make me uh, throw up in GTA VR the other day. 
<laughs> he tried to make me as nauseous as possible. Um, nice. It was a lot of fun. So we posted that. Uh, it was originally from our Twitch channel, but then he edited it and put it on YouTube. Um, yeah, and if you're interested in seeing my work, or if you're interested... Um, yeah, if you're interested in seeing my work, you can go to Julia Lepetit, uh Illustrates on Facebook, or you can go to JulieLaPetite.com, or check me out on Twitter. I think my username is just Julia Lepetit. Um, Yeah, I am on all of those. I have my hands in many pies. Indeed. <laughs> You're in many, many places. Yes. Lots of art, lots of different places around the web. Uh, so for everyone listening, definitely check out Julia's stuff all over. Dorkly, Drawfee, her own site. There's plenty of good stuff out there. Julia, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate you sticking around, especially it's getting pretty late in the night. It's all good. Um, so although I'm sure you're going to, as soon as you get in bed, you're going to turn the switch on and, you know. Play Zelda for another few hours. Oh, you know it. I just downloaded some new <laughs> games, so I'm very excited. Nice. Are you playing? Do you have Mario Kart? I do not. My coworkers have been playing it during the day, and I usually have to try to wrangle them to get back to work. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 been a, been a pretty bad obsession. Yeah, they've been nice about it. They're now playing after hours, so it's good. Yeah, it's the addiction is real. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing how much you can see on those tiny screens. I'm oh yeah, I'm blown away by it. Yeah. It's very cool. So once again, guys, this has been the People Playing Games podcast. You could follow us on Twitter at PPG Podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. We should be just about anywhere you can find podcasts at this point. Uh, at least I hope so. <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't checked in a little bit. Uh, and yeah, definitely uh, it would mean the world if you guys could subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and, and just let me know what you think of the show. Uh, I am your host, Mike Andronico. You could find me at Mike Andronico. Uh, Julia, where can people find you on the Twitters, if you haven't said yet? On the Twitters, uh, you can find me, uh, my username is Julia Le Petit. It's very easy. It's just my name. It could not get more simple. Oh, yeah. Nice and easy. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow Julia on Twitter. And, guys, have a great night. Have a good night. I don't know why I said night. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I followed it because on Drawfee, we usually say we're sorry, and then we all say we're sorry, and so I kind of got into that thing, and I almost yeah. said we're sorry, and I panicked, and I was like, what did Mike just say? I'll say it too. Good I, night. <laughs> I need to come out, come up with a uh, like a sign-off. Because for like my old podcast, Fight Your Rival, it was always keep fighting. Oh, right. Um, which is nice and easy. I thought of, like, keep playing, but that's so corny, and it's just a rip-off of what I used to do, <laughs> so... You could, uh, yeah, I guess you could be keep on gaming, but yeah, that, that sounds a little kitschy, too. Right, and it's not even, like... Like, it's a gaming podcast, but it's not at the same time. Like, right. I don't know. Like keep being a person. Yeah. <laughs> keep existing. So, keep existing. That's Hey, you know what? That's, that's not easy. No, it's not. Not easy these days.